What's your fantasy football podcast? Fantasy rankings, fantasy projections, fantasy news, fantasy advice, all for your fantasy team. Fantasy football This fantasy football podcast is recorded and produced by your fantasy expert, Josh Anderson. What's your fantasy, your fantasy football team? Welcome and thank you for joining us for What's Your Fantasy Football Podcast. It is Monday, September 16th of 2019. My name is Josh Anderson. I am joined by my co-host, Justin Reidner, sitting across the table from me. What's going on, buddy? What did it do, man? How you, how's your team's feeling so far? Um, I had a rough week for fantasy football, actually. My week two matchups did not go according to plan. I actually went 0-4. I'm in four leagues this particular year, which is actually a lot for me. I'm usually not in this many leagues, but this particular year, I'm in four leagues, and I lost all four of my week two matchups. I'm a little upset about it. Um, so, but I'm going to try to get through this podcast, you know, without dropping any F-bombs or, or saying anything inappropriate, um, you know, but I do want to talk about them here in a little bit. What, how do you feel about your fantasy teams currently? I'm actually in five leagues, mm-hmm. um, and that's out of the ordinary for me too, but I kind of got suckered into a couple of them. It's hard to say no when you're like, you know what I mean? When someone asks you to be in a league, but, uh, feeling okay. I'm, I'm two and oh, and after this week in, in one league, I think I'll be 1-1 one and one in three of them, and I'll be 0-2-1. Oh and, and one. So the 0-2 team, I'm really not that worried about. Um, but, you know, you like to get on track a little bit. So I'm feeling okay. And no one cares about your fantasy team. Uh, you asked. This is actually the, uh, this is actually the title of this, um, this segment. So I thought it might be kind of fun for, uh, for you guys to listen to some of our frustrations with fantasy football. Um, so this is our, this segment, this particular segment that we're going to start with is no one cares about your fantasy team. And so we're going to talk like just real briefly about like some of our teams and things we're frustrated with things. Maybe we'd be happy. We might be happy about, um, things that you guys probably don't really care about, which is why this is the, this is the name of the segment. So, um, something I was super frustrated with actually about last week so, um, those of you, if any of you follow me on Twitter, you probably have already, you're probably already privy to this knowledge. So, um, there was a stat correction on ESPN.com. Um, but that didn't on the fantasy, on the fantasy website, that is that they didn't actually post, but they applied it to all the fantasy apps. And so I was actually winning my week, week one matchup, um, won it, um, post it posted on, on Tuesday. It said that I won. Same thing on Wednesday, same thing on Thursday, and then Friday, all of a sudden, they like took away some points from my score, and I lost my matchup because of that. Um, and I'm sure that Justin can can uh, you know can, can testify to this. Um, I, I was absolutely livid about this. Um, I was like tweeting Matthew Barry, I was tweeting Field Yates, Fantasy Football Podcast, all of ESPN's fantasy um, web you know Twitter pages. Um, you know it was it was very interesting um and and frustrating uh situation i don't know if you guys have ever experienced this where stat corrections come into play but has it ever happened to you Rodner? yeah actually it has um 
I think it was two years ago. I was in a PPR league, and it wasn't you know where they do the decimals. So you get like point seven or whatever for yards. It was there was no decimals whatsoever. And me and a guy, I think I think we actually I think he beat me by one. And this was to get to the Super Bowl in the playoffs. Ugh. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> and Wednesday evening comes around, and it gave me like two extra points. I think it was something for defense or something silly like that, and I ended up going to the Super Bowl, and he was hot. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I know I would be. So, so guess what we did next year? We what? changed everything to decimal. That's probably so, a good move. Yeah, I liked yeah, it. I mean, I, it was it's very. I don't even think we've had a tie since then. That was two years ago. Yeah, yeah. I, I think. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't really understand the whole like whole numbers thing when it comes to fantasy football. I feel like the decimals are the best way to go because because that could impact who wins and who loses. So I feel like the way it started out, there wasn't any decimals. Maybe that was traditional. Was the whole numbers? I think you're right. Yeah, I mean, it was that's like probably the case. Yeah. What was it like QB points or bench points? Some people had different ways of determining it. Some people just left it as a tie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like knowing the winner. If it's bench points, that's fine. But it's tough because guys may be on a bye week. But we're, we could ramble about this. So That brings up a good topic, though. I wonder like, if you're in a league that does decimals. like It's 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 not very probable, but it's possible. You could t- still tie. Like, I wonder what it is in our leagues where, I mean, what where does the tiebreaker go to, you know? Or is it just a tie? I hate I hate tying, so I I would like to I'd like that even if I'm losing at least I there's a winner somewhere. I kind of like the idea of bench points because it like shows the overall depth of your team. And if you have two guys on a bye, I mean it's just tough luck. Right, I agree, I agree. That's just kind of luck of the draw. It's got to it, there's got to be some sort of tiebreaker in my opinion. Um, so unless you want to agree to who can shotgun a beer faster, then I I think I would assume just you know bench points and just go with that. So, um. But yeah, anyways, um, yeah, that that was something like I had never actually never experienced that where I've had a stat correction that changed the outcome of a game. Um, fortunately, it was changed back. But you know, I have to sitting here now that I'm thinking about it, that had to have impacted waivers, right? Like because like waiver order, um, the way that it works in that league, I think it's like whoever's in last place gets a priority, pretty much, right? So um, I don't remember exactly when. Because you won initially. I initially won, and I initially it was the But head. when did it change it? Was it Tuesday? It changed it on Friday. No, when did it change it the first time? The first time it changed it on Friday. So that's why I was so frustrated is because week two had already started, and they changed it. So I don't know. It was kind of wild. Well, then the waiver, the waiver order really wouldn't matter at that point. Let me rephrase this. Okay. Let me rephrase that. It may have been. I thought it was earlier on Friday. I remember I was going crazy about it either Thursday or Friday. And I think it was Friday. I'm pretty sure. I think that's at least that's when I first noticed it. So it may have actually happened earlier than that, but I was tinkering on Friday, I believe. And that's when I actually um, noticed that instead of it saying one and oh on my score, I was said, oh, it says oh and one. What is this? What is the meaning of this? And so, uh, yeah, so that's when I discovered what had happened and, Talk about having to dig deep on this. Like I was like scrambling, trying to figure out what stat correction it was, like what happened, because it didn't list it online. Like I literally just, I had to like go look at the box score. I had to actually watch the highlights of the game. Two point, two point difference, you know, because then I, th- I, I immediately thought, wait, like maybe that if it was two whole points, then. You know, it had to have been either one or two things. It had to have either been a twenty or a couple of different things. It had to have either been 
a 20, 20 yard run that was taken back for whatever reason, and maybe a catch for 10 yards or a fumble recovery. And so I'm just, I'm sure enough, the Miami, the Miami, uh, Miami's Jakeem Grant fumbled a punt return. And so I ended up getting those points back. Um, and I have to wonder if my tweeting had any impact on that. I don't know. I mean, there was probably other people that tweeted that as well. Um, but I'll tell you what, I was blowing everybody up. So. I think it's funny that that's how close the matchup was. You know, a lot of times those two points wouldn't have mattered. But how close your matchup was that it actually was the difference between a win and a loss. That's the thing. I, I wonder if that's happened to me before in the past, and I just didn't realize it because it didn't change the outcome of the game. This particular time, I did notice because it did change the outcome of the game. Right. Um, and so, like, fortunately, I you know noticed that. And I don't again. I don't know if I have any impact on that, but your your boy was livid about that. So, um, so I guess if that ever happens to you in the future, like, make sure you tweet. You know, some people, and maybe that maybe that could have an impact on your. Um, on your matchup who knows i think your tweets impacted the entire fantasy world you know i noticed that i got a lot more followers this past saturday so um really yeah, yeah. no not really okay uh, i, didn't think I so. just made that up you know but you kind of thought so for a second didn't you when you said a lot i was thinking like what maybe two or three so I mean, two or three for me is a lot yeah you know especially when you start at zero okay that's right yep so follow me on twitter I don't even know what my username is. Um, anyways, no one cares about your fantasy team. Um, do you, you want to touch on anything before we move on? Not on the stat correction part. I'm, I think that was well said, and that was pretty funny the way you were going off all week. I had a good laugh out of it. I was going nuts. I, I really appreciated your text message, by the way. You, you said something to the effect of, like, this is so epic. Did not appreciate that, actually, in all reality. I per- was perfect timing. Going nuts. All right, anyways – um, you want to touch on any more of your fantasy teams? Any frustrations? Um, no, I got a thing I'm happy about. Can we talk about that? Sure, of course. Yeah, no Mel- one cares about your fantasy team, but go right. Ahead. Melvin Gordon sitting out. It's because I have Austin Eckler in one of my leagues, and he's been arguably a top ten back so far, maybe top seven. Uh, I'd have to look at the points to be sure, but um, Melvin Gordon sitting out is is doing my team very well, and this is the same league that I won the league last year i didn't know if you knew that i like to bring it up every podcast so oh i didn't know you did that interesting you won the league last year yep oh sure did that's the first i've heard of it and this is with you know Devontae adams not really doing a whole lot so far he had a pretty good game but still hasn't caught a touchdown in two weeks and with my tight end going for 0.7 this week tj hawkinson who everybody was high on still have a lot of hope in the guy but i was a little frustrated with him this week yeah, I am with you on that. I actually picked up TJ Hawkinson in one league because of um, Hunter Henry. Um, Hunter Henry actually went down, and he's out for the next four to six weeks or so. So I picked up TJ Hawkinson thinking, like, oh, I'm not going to miss a beat here. And then he only comes out and has one catch. Um, fortunately, I mean, it didn't really have any fantasy impact for me in that in that particular league because I got my butt kicked um, by a big margin. Um, you know, just a rough week for me for whatever reason. But it's becoming a common theme for you right now. Zero and four this week. I dude, I I don't I don't know if I've ever gone zero and four in one in in one particular week and in, in fantasy football. I don't think I've ever done that ever. This is the first for me. So it doesn't I'm, help when like one of your one of the tight ends that you targeted in every draft has zero points. Literally wasn't targeted one time. Um, for those of you that are OJ Howard owners, you guys know what I'm talking about. Um, in the Thursday night game last week, literally not targeted one time. 
No, it wasn't targeted by Jameis Winston once. I think the we talked about it on earlier podcasts. The Bucks are probably for us because we talked about them and what we liked are probably the biggest letdown so far as far as like team wise. Would you agree with that? I think so too. I um I mean how many I, how many bucks do you feel confident starting right now? In a ten, normal 10 10 man league. Right now it's only Chris Godwin. Mike Evans? You got to yes start no. Mike Evans. I am nervous. I there's the thing. I I am a little nervous about this Buccaneers offense. Um and the reason here's the thing. I'm I I'm nervous because I've I've made I have a lot of shares of Buccaneers right now. So I have Chris Godwin in one league. I have Mike Evans in two leagues, I believe. I have OJ Howard in three. Three out of my four leagues, I have OJ Howard. So um yes, I am a little concerned right now uh, just because I have so many shares of Buccaneers. Um I had high expectations for this team. Like not as not not as an NFL team in general, but just as, from a fantasy perspective, I really thought that this was going to be a fantasy gold mine. I'm really perplexed as to why it isn't. Um, this you have is, a comment on that? Yeah, this is not the Buccaneers or the Bruce Arians that we've seen in the past with the Colts when he took over for Chuck Pagano and um, for the Cardinals when he was the head coach, you know. Um, and And – to be honest with you, I think he's got comparable, if not better, weapons. So I'm a little – it may be, it may come down to quarterback play. I mean, he had Andrew Luck with the Colts, and then he had Carson Palmer. Uh, maybe it's coming down to quarterback play, and he just doesn't feel confident in Jameis, which is what it kind of seems right now. See, I'm a little confused about, like, what is the goal here with Bruce Arians in Tampa Bay? Did they bring him in because – I mean, they brought this guy out of retirement, Bruce Arians. Did they bring him in to make Jameis Winston a franchise quarterback, or did they bring him in to win games? Because honestly, I thought priority one was make Jameis Winston a quarterback, like a franchise quarterback. There, there, I don't think anybody's got these crazy aspirations in Tampa Bay that they're going to go to the playoffs. Okay, like this is not their year. Like, is it? Was the goal not for Jameis Winston to to make to make Jameis Winston a franchise quarterback? Yes and no. I mean, the head coach's first job is to win games. So while yes, Jameis Winston, um, he, I mean, Arians was hired to groom Winston. I mean, and and improve the offense. Really, it just improved the team. I guess it, the offense wasn't terrible last year. It was just they were very sporadic, very inconsistent. So maybe this is just wishful thinking, but I always was under the impression that priority one was long, the long term. Make Jameis Winston a franchise quarterback, and so. I mean, it's like you think about these other teams. Like, I mean, think about Miami. Unless they're smoking crack, like I don't think that they, I think they understand where they're at. Like, they're not. I don't think their coach is thinking like, oh, we need to win as many games as possible. I mean, he is, but at the same time, let's be realistic here. You know, they're in rebuild mode. They're in full rebuild mode. Yeah, but you're also you kind of proving your point a little bit. They brought Bruce Arians out of retirement. It's not a young and up and coming coach where he's got the keys to a full rebuild i mean i think they they brought him in to win now and that's hopefully with the development of Jameis winston and right now we haven't seen it i thought that was a good win for him against the panthers now the panthers are zero and two so we'll see how good of a win that really was um but let's be honest the, the, I, 
Call me crazy. That division, in my opinion, is wide open. With Drew Brees going down. It's certainly wide open now. Yeah, the Falcons have looked beatable, in my opinion. Looked terrible in week one. Beat a good Eagles team, but it was at home. Um, Eagle, a banged-up Eagles team. So, I think that division's open. So, a Bucks team that we thought, you're saying, probably can't compete for the playoffs. I, I don't think it's as far-fetched as we think it is. Maybe you're right. And, like, it certainly helps, like, not that – you know, I don't think anybody's rooting. Hopefully, nobody's rooting for, um, you know, rooting that Drew Brees is hurt and stays hurt. Like I hope that nobody's thinking that. But, you know, I, I certainly have to think that, you know, that probably bodes in their favor. Um, that probably gives them a little bit of a better shot. Um, so, so I don't, I don't know. I, um, I, I'm not terribly concerned about this Buccaneers team and their offense. Um, but I'm, I'm a little, con- I'm a little concerned though. You know, I just. I expected them to be chucking it a little bit more than they are. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I, I mean, what are you doing with OJ Howard this week? I'm still going to fire him up next week. Um, I do like that that matchup next week. We'll get more into that later. Um, do but I do like the matchup with the Giants. So I, I think I think I'm still going to fire him up. I think the talent's there. Um, so he hasn't scared me away quite yet. One more bad week, and I think you're probably pretty worried about him, though, right? Yes, yes. If 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 um, and the tight end pool is very slim, in my I opinion. Agree. I agree. Yeah. If um if if things don't change this next week against the Giants of all teams, you know, I I will be I will be very very concerned. Um, moving on to, um, you know, we talked re- briefly about some of the injuries in the NFL, um. We're going to talk about like we're going to talk about them a little bit more specifically now. Um, let's start with the Saints. So I feel like that's probably I would probably argue that's probably the biggest as far as fantasy impact goes. Um, so Drew Brees uh, suffers an injury, I believe, to his thumb. Um, he sees Dr. James Andrews, and I believe he's already undergone surgery, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but he's not expected to return until what is it week 10 or week 11? It's a good while. I think it's at least two months. So, um, certainly I mean, if he's your quarterback, then that's very, very, um, that's very, very bad for you. Um, you know, what are you doing if you have Drew Brees on your roster right now? I mean, I think you, I hate doing this with quarterbacks, but I think you may have to almost with probably depending on what type of league you're in. I think you're almost going matchup by matchup basis, unless you can find a guy that you just really like and can just keep in there. But most leagues that have a deeper bench, a lot of teams have two quarterbacks. So you may be reaching for a Kirk Cousins or a, you know, maybe a Jameis Winston who may not have been picked up in every league, especially after the way he's performed. Um, I, I think mean, I agree with you there. I think that you know if you're trying to replace that production. Um, you know, I'd be shocked if Jameis Winston is already owned in your league right now, just from what we've seen so far. Um, you know, I think that the schedule in the future is favorable for him. And so there is the potential there for him to have, um, to have some good weeks. So, but yeah, I think I'm with you. Like you may be in a situation where you have to stream quarterback, the quarterback position. Um, but Jameis Winston is one of those guys, like you just never know. I mean, he, he could come out and throw for 300 yards next week. Uh, would it shock you if that happened? No, because of just how inconsistent he is and 
you know, I think a couple other quarterbacks you could probably look at. Maybe Josh Allen could still be out there. He's done some good things through two weeks. Um, Jacoby Brissett, I think, has got an opportunity to – he's not going to win you a week, but I don't think he's going to lose you a lot. He's got a favorable matchup coming up this week against the Falcons who tend to, you know, I think they're a little more favorite, especially on the road. Colts are at home. Um, so those are a couple guys that you can maybe look for if you're if if you're a Drew Brees owner. I think that um, the guys that come to mind for me are some of the similar guys that you mentioned. Um, I think if if Josh Allen is available, strangely enough, I feel like he's the one I prefer over all the guys I'm going to mention just because I feel like, you know, he has a high floor because um, of his rushing. You know, he, he rushes into the end zone for a touchdown this past week, so you got to like that. Um, and that's not uncommon for him to do. Um, I think the second – option um second option for me it might be cam newton you know i feel like he's underperformed the the last two weeks and i don't think it's i don't think it's crazy to think that he might be available in your league go check it out he may have already been dropped um if not now he may be dropped to waivers this coming wednesday because he's he's had two very underwhelming weeks so far um i think a lot of people are worried about him but here's the thing they played on this this past thursday night He's going to have some extra time to recover and get that. Um, I think it's his ankle. Is that right? Or his heel? He's got some sort of, he yeah, has some sort of some, injury in the preseason. Yeah. He's, going to, he's going to have a little more well, time. Shoulder. To he right. shoulder and and he then, right, shoulder. He had shoulder surgery. He did have shoulder surgery. And then he. I'm glad you brought that up, actually. You know, it was a couple years ago where he had shoulder surgery, excuse me, shoulder surgery in the offseason. And he came out and had two bad weeks, week one and week two. Um, and then he came out in week three and he balled out. So I'm not saying that. This is an end-all, be-all. That's what's going to happen now um, because it happened in the past. But, like, it's certainly possible. Maybe he just needed to knock a little rust off like he had to do um, a couple seasons ago. So, um, you know, I would I would be keeping an eye on league activity in, in those leagues, like where I need quarterback help, especially if I'm a Drew Brees owner. Um, like maybe Cam Newton, he could he, – somebody could drop him to waivers if they don't um, – if they're not buying into him. So – um, he's probably my number two, and my number three would probably be Jameis Winston. So, I'd be shocked if, um, well, not shocked, but like, I think that it's definitely within the realm of possibility that Jameis Winston is, depending on the size of your league, Jameis Winston's probably available in your league. Just you know, after seeing what we've seen the past two weeks. Yeah, I have him on one of my teams, um, and I also have Kyler Murray. So. Don't love either of those guys. I think Kyler Murray's got a lot of upside. I think he actually had a decent week this week. Not great. But gets a tough Ravens defense. Um, but I'm probably going to stash Kyler just to kind of see how that offense continues to develop. And um, I'm, I'm in a tough spot in that league for sure. Sure, yeah. I think uh, if I were you, um, I think you've got to hold on to both of them just because I think the upside for both of them is pretty high. Um I think I'll probably feel a little bit better about Jameis, strangely enough, um, just because, you know, we've seen it before. You know, we saw last year, you know, if if he's playing and they are throwing the ball quite a bit, then, I mean, he could be a fantasy rock star. It's not always pretty, but, you know, he has that potential. I agree. Moving on to uh, the Steelers. They um, experienced an injury of their own. Um, big Ben Roethlisberger. Um, that was a very – kind of a weird situation. He literally just threw a ball and he's out for the season apparently. So, um, he throws a pass, 
and uh, he—he's an obvious ag- agony after the pass. And apparently, he's on injured reserve. He's not—he's not coming. Or excuse me, he's on injured reserve. He's actually—he's out for the whole year. Right. So, um, so if you are a Big Ben owner, I don't think we need to repeat everything we just said. You know who guy, what guys you need to target. Um, but what are you doing if you are, let's say, a James Conner owner, um, Juju Smith Schuster? What are you What are you doing? I'm probably much happier if I'm a James Conner owner because I think they'll probably go to a little bit more of a conserv- conservative offense. James Conner really hadn't had the 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 two weeks we maybe had predicted. Um, for him as a top, you know what, seven, seven back, eight back, something like that. He was in that. He was in that range. He's RB one for sure pre-draft, um, and he hasn't really probably produced at the way that you would expect from that him drafted that high. He had eleven carries this week, thirty-three yards, did have a touchdown, but I think what's concerning is he only had three catches for twelve yards. So he's a guy last year that really got involved in the passing game. As far as Juju Smith-Schuster. I think that's probably where it takes the biggest hit. You know, I think, you know, I think Rudolph is just not obviously the caliber of, of Roethlisberger, and I think you could see the Steelers go to a little more of a conservative offense. Tell the listeners real quick, who is this backup quarterback? Uh, Mason Rudolph. Um, he played at Oklahoma State. Was pretty good in college. I mean, played in a kind of a system offense though in the Big Twelve. Um, last week went 12 for 19 for 112 yards. Did throw two touchdowns and one pick. Um, so had a little bit of a decent week, you know, last week against a, a decent Seahawks defense at home. Is he a rookie? He is not a rookie. He's okay. been in the league maybe three years, Okay, three or four years. I mean, he's he's been around a few years. He's Is this a guy that's – is he the future for the Steelers or no? No, he – actually, I think this may be his second year. Okay. Yeah, he was drafted in 2018. Okay. So this is his second year, excuse me. Um, but I think it's a guy that the – I mean, he was probably drafted to replace Big Ben one day. And is okay. it, let me ask you this. Is this the end of Big Ben? I mean, I he's talked so. about retirement in the past. Exactly. Um, I'm, he, In my opinion, he just kind of – and from what the comments last year I gathered from, he just is kind of over it. Yeah. I mean, I, he, he's tired of his body just – you know, taking a beating. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, you think about it, you think about, you know, Andrew Luck, who were already retired earlier this year, um, which was a big surprise. You know, well, let me put it this way. That was a big surprise. It wouldn't be a surprise to me for, for, for big Ben to, to retire. Cause we've seen this coming for a little while. Like I, I think this is kind of overdue if I'm being, if I'm being transparent, you know, he's experienced injuries, uh, quite a few injuries in the past, and so, I mean, this is a, a pretty serious one at that. It wouldn't shock me at all if he retired. The Steelers are in, in a tough spot. A, a storied franchise, a, a franchise that expects the playoffs every year, 0-2. Now you're going to your backup quarterback. You don't have Antonio Brown. James Conner's probably underperforming. And Juju Smith-Schuster, while he had a decent week last week, I think he had five catches for 84 yards. So a good week for him. Um, we'll we'll kind of see how that continues to to develop, but I'll be interested to see how the Steelers respond. What do you think about? I already forgot his name. New quarterback Mason Rudolph. I mean, what do you think about him in, in Dynasty? Is this somebody that you need to go get in Dynasty leagues? I'd like to see. I'd probably like to see a little bit more before I buy totally in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know he. 
He came in last week and did okay, but when a team has a full week to game plan for him, how does he respond? You know, how does he? He's getting all the number one reps now too. So how does he respond to that? It'll be interesting to see. I mean, I I wouldn't stash him yet in a dynasty, um, but he's a guy to keep an eye on because we do know the Steelers do have weapons on offense. So he's a guy that can create some chemistry. Um, I think I could see some good things coming from him, but I'm kind of in a wait and see mode, and he's not a guy I'm even picking up right now in any other league. Sure. Sure. Okay. Uh, circling back to the Saints, I actually forgot to ask about this. Um, Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, I feel like those two guys are the ones that probably experienced the biggest hit from, you know, Drew Brees being out. Like, what are your thoughts on those two players? Are you panicking about either one of those guys? I don't know if panic's the right word. Um, Alvin Kamara – Obviously underperformed yesterday. I think more in the passing game. He only had one catch for 15 yards. Thomas still had 10 catches. So even when Teddy Bridgewater went out, he still was saw massive volume. So they're guys you're not taking out of your lineup. Do they take a hit? Yeah, maybe a little, but I don't think it's going to be um, as dramatic. I mean, we we know Kamara's potential, right? You know, and and so I and and Bridgewater maybe more likely to dump it down now so yeah i think that what was most concerning to me with with i think i'm if i, if I were to pick one or the other on who i'm more concerned about i think it'd be camara and here's why um you know it didn't seem like um i don't have the numbers right in front of me but if i'm not mistaken i think that alvin camara only got targeted by bridge bridge teddy bridgewater maybe two or three times in that game yeah um, he had three total targets yeah Three total targets. Mm-hmm. That was between Breeze and Teddy Bridgewater. Mm-hmm. So I don't even know how many times Teddy Bridgewater actually targeted him. Um, I think I would actually feel okay about Michael Thomas um, if I'm a, if I'm a Michael Thomas owner. In fact, he had know, th- there he might had- be some leagues where I actually like try to make a trade offer for Michael Thomas. Yeah, he had 13 targets. Um, so obviously Bridgewater. I mean, he was focusing on Thomas. I, I mean, I still wouldn't be too worried about. Kamara, he's still at 13 carries, so he's still getting around, you know, 12 to 15 carries, probably a game. And the game flow, this was a weird game, too. I think everybody expected a shootout, and it, it definitely wasn't that. So, yeah, I think that, you know, you know what I just thought of? Teddy Bridgewater, former Viking, um, you know, when he was playing for the Vikings, I mean, who was in the backfield for him? Adrian Peterson. Hmm. So, like, not a guy that a guy that can t- catch passes, but, like, not a very, you know, I'd argue that he's not a great pass catcher um, as far as running backs are concerned. You know, I, uh, you know, you know, and, and Alvin Kamara is one of the best pass catching, pass catching running backs we've seen. Um, so, I think my point here is that might be the reason why he's not really looking for Alvin Kamara right now. So, they may work out some packages. They may work on some packages this week. Um, to get Alvin Kamara get more involved, um, you know, and, you know, just kind of like, hey, Teddy, like, don't forget about Alvin Kamara. This is a good weapon. You know, you can dump it off to him. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, I think I would be slightly concerned about Kamara just because, like, you know, Teddy Bridgewater wasn't targeting him, and he's not really used to targeting his back, um, just because of the systems he's been in in the past. Um, so again, if anybody's panicking on Michael Thomas. I'd be, I'd be, you know, 
I would I would I would be open to making a trade offer for Michael Thomas. Right. I I don't think you can panic on Kamara yet. I don't think so either. I mean, he's Latavius Murray only had five carries for seven yards, so it's not like Murray's out there setting it on fire and Kamara's worried about losing touches in the backfield. You know, um, I think the receiving numbers are a little worrisome, but he's too good to have. I don't. I, I see him having a good week next week. I don't think. Um, I don't see him having two bad weeks in a row. I think he's a he's still a top ten play. Um, he's an RB one, and and I don't. I think this is just a weird game, so I'm I'm not too worried about it. I think I agree with you. Yeah. Um. You know, when I said like if I were to pick one player that I was more concerned about, really, to, really, that's just relatively speaking. You know, um, I think that you know this Saints excuse me the Saints defense is much improved over the past few years, and so. You know, I, I think that, you know, there's a scenario where maybe they just run the ball a ton and, you know, just rely on their, their running backs. So, um, so yeah, I mean, that's a pretty good running back duo between Latavius Murray and Alvin Kamara. Right. As far as any players like Traquan Smith, Jared Cook, Ted Ginn, what do you think about those guys right now? I'm probably still starting Jared Cook just because I don't think the tight end pulls very deep. Um, and like we've seen with these quarterbacks before, guys that aren't the starters, you know, they like to have a safety valve. Uh, Traquan Smith, I mean, I think he takes a little bit of a bump um, as far as negative bump just because I don't think the offense is going to be as smooth. Um, so I'm, I'm probably still starting Cook this week. I want to see what he does, and the tight end pool is weak. And um, Traquan's a guy I'm probably going to just keep an eye on. Honestly, I don't know if I'm holding on to – I mean, it, it all depends on the size of your, size of your league. Right. Um, Jared Cook, you may have to keep him just because, you know, the lack of depth at that position. Um, so out of necessity, you may just have to do that. There's not like an embarrassment of riches on the waiver wire probably in your league. Um, guys like Traquan Smith, though, Ted Ginn, I think I'm going to cut bait with those guys. So um, here's the thing. I don't think anybody's – I don't know how you could feel comfortable starting any of them right now, uh, especially with Drew Brees out. And I don't think anybody's going to be rushing to go pick them up when you drop them. So I think I would rather go pick up somebody with a little more upside and just, you know, really just like a lottery ticket and hope, you know, um, you know maybe it'll all pan out for you. So – that's kind of how I feel as well. I mean, I'm not – I have Ted Ginn in one league, and he'll probably sit on my bench just because I still think that offense is going to be okay. But, obviously, yeah, he definitely takes a hit. What do you think about the guys, I, I guess we'll call them the second-tier guys in Pittsburgh? You mean like Washington and Moncrief and McDonald? and? Let's talk about McDonald first. He, he had, had two touchdowns yeah. in this game. I mean, he's the guy I dropped for Hawkinson, so I kind of feel like an idiot. But were those um, thrown by Rudolph, or was that Big Ben? I'm pretty sure that was that was that was Rudolph. Um, so I'll Vance check. McDonald may actually have a boost from this. Yeah, Ben Big Ben didn't throw a touchdown, so Rudolph had two. Both of them were to McDonald. I'm still it's still a little worried about it because here's why: McDonald had seven targets and he had seven catches. 38 yards, two touchdowns. So is he just a red zone threat, which is really what you want to have a tight end 
if you don't have a top three or four guy. Honestly, like yeah, as, if you unless you have a guy like Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz, George Kittle, then I feel like that's what you're really looking for. You're hoping for a touchdown out of your tight end. So um, the fact that he's getting targeted twice in the end zone, I feel like that's pretty promising. Um, you know, I, I don't know. It sounds like maybe um, this, you know, Mason Rudolph, he may have this connection with um, with Vance McDonald. So Yeah, but how often is he going to have seven catches on seven targets? I mean – That's incredibly efficient, yes. Right. I yes. mean, that's Michael I, Thomas-esque. I so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't love that Ben, ben Roethlisberger is out, um, but I think I'm more encouraged than discouraged by Vance McDonald right now. Yeah, once again, man, we go back to the tight end pool. It's just – it's a weird dynamic if you don't have maybe one of the top four or five guys in the league. Um, so, I guess where I'm at with Vance is I'm okay if you play him, but I'm still kind of maybe in wait-and-see mode. Um, I'm going to give Hawkinson another week in my league and just see how he does, and then I may make a change after that. Yeah, it's hard to it's it's hard to trust Vance McDonald just after the first after week one. Um, you know, I mean, it's it's tough. I mean, it's kind of it kind of reminds me of the OJ Howard situation where wasn't targeted in in week two. Um, am I starting him this probably in, in week three? Probably. Am I feeling great about it? No. Uh, but I'm I'm probably going to start him and just hope for the best. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I mean, you got at tight end. You just you, you uh, I mean, also you just want a guy who's serviceable. And uh, you know, I mean, I mean a guy like Evan Ingram's kind of really been good so far. But you know, we'll, we'll kind of see what happens. I'm I'm interested to see how that tight end kind of position plays out over the next couple weeks. Me too. And we got one more quarterback to talk about. One more quarterback of note. Um, we got Sam Darnold, who is not. This isn't really an injury. This is more so. Uh, I mean, he is out. Um, he so apparently he has mononucleosis. Um, he's without a doubt going to be the butt of a couple jokes um, with this illness. Uh, we'll try to avoid that the best we can. Um, what does this mean for the pass catchers? and the running backs in New York. I don't think there was a ton of guys you were owning anyways in that league besides Le'Veon Bell. Jameson Crowder's a guy who had a monster week one. Um, and as we sit here and watching the Browns and Jets, I don't think he's even had a catch yet. Um, but he was a guy worth taking a risk on in, in week two, Jameson Crowder. So uh, I think Le'Veon Bell's the only guy you're starting from the Jets. And keep an eye on maybe Jameson Crowder. Robbie Anderson I'm just not intrigued by. You know, actually, I think there is a little bit of value here with the Jets' offense. I think that um, now, obviously, I feel like that the value is a little bit diminished now. Um, I mean, I still like Le'Veon Bell okay. Um, I'm still not in love with Le'Veon Bell. Um, but Robbie Anderson, he's shown flashes in the past. Um, I think that's oftentimes been because of circumstance, you know. Um, I think the times we've seen Robbie Anderson really perform is when they're, you know, when, when they have a lot of wide receivers, other wide receivers that are out. Um, you know, although I will say it seems like he's playing a lot of snaps now. So, um, but, I mean, I don't know. Demar- Demarius Thomas is now in New York. Um, Quincy Inouye, what I will say is Quincy Inouye is um, no longer um, – or excuse me, he is actually on injured reserve once again. Um, 
bummer for that guy. You know, it seems like he can't really stay healthy. He's been struggling to stay healthy in this league. Um, so, I mean, I think if you're like, if you need a guy, like, let's say, I mean, it's a good time to talk about it. If you went into Monday night and you had the chance between, you know, playing a guy like Jarvis Landry and Robbie Anderson, and you had to make up, you know, like a 30 point deficit, who are you starting? Can I go neither? Well, you got to start one of them, or else. I mean, because I'm saying, I'm saying you're you're behind by 30 points. You have Jarvis Landry and you have Robbie Anderson on your bench. You got to start one of them in your flex. Who's it going to be? You got to make up for 30 points. I'm probably going Landry just because of the offense. The only good thing about Robbie Anderson is they're going to be behind. See, I would disagree. I would actually go Robbie Anderson because I think he has a higher ceiling. So, like, he's one of those guys. He's kind of a deep threat. You know, he's a big play guy. Jarvis Landry, I mean, it's going to be kind of a possession guy. To, You're right, but it's be tough for him to get to 30 points. He's more likely to catch game. a touchdown too. Robbie Anderson could also give you a goose egg. Now, if you're down 30, I understand, but I, I. I'm not a Robbie Anderson fan, even when Darnold was the quarterback. I'm not either, but I think if there's somebody that's like a home run hitter, I feel like that's that's one of them, you know. So, um, I think Le'Veon Bell does probably take a hit from this. Um, although, while we're watching this game, it looks like they're getting Le'Veon Bell involved in some interesting packages here. Yeah. So, there's some times where Trevor, Trevor Simeon is actually going off the field. They're going wildcat formation. Um, so, that's actually kind of promising to me that – they're getting Le'Veon Bell. They're getting finding creative ways to get him involved. Um, so, but I mean, I don't think anything beats just like hey, traditional offense, like you know. So unless Adam Gase gets really familiar, or really, um, really, excuse me, really uh, creative with this offense, um, I think that he ta- does take a hit. What worries me about Le'Veon Bell is that I think they're going to be behind a lot. And they're already behind in this game. I think I think they're going to be behind by a lot in most games. So Le'Veon Bell's rushing may go down, but he is a good receiver. So I'd like to see him get him involved in the passing game. But yeah, I think it takes a hit because I just don't think they're going to be as competitive in most games. Yeah, I think that's the big problem. Um, and you know, here's the thing: Le'Veon Bell is a good pass catching running back. The problem is Adam Gase doesn't really like to pass to his running backs. So I mean, even back when he had Matt Forte, and Matt Forte is one of the one of the one of, he's 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 one of those guys. He was one of um, I would argue one of the best um, one of the best pass catching running backs that we've seen in the past decade or so. Um, he didn't really like passing to him. So um, you know, there was some stat that I read a while back that you know Matt Forte when he was in Chicago he averaged I believe it was like six or seven catches a game. And then when he was in New York with Adam Gase, it was more like four or five catches a game. So like, it's a pretty it's pretty apparent to me, like the guy doesn't really like to target his backs that much. Yeah, but does it change with the backup quarterback? It could. It could. It could. I believe you're. Hmm. I think I think it could change with the backup quarterback. Although now we're watching this game and it looks like Trevor Simeon is actually leaving the game. Um, that's not good for the Jets. Um, it's so, not good at all. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I don't know. I mean, I think I think the I think the coach has a, a pretty big impact on um, whether the running back is getting targeted a lot. So yeah, I totally agree. But what I'm saying is, 
The Jets don't have a ton of weapons. Well, I don't know why you wouldn't swing it out to Bell or throw him some screens and get him involved in the passing game. That just doesn't seem very smart. I agree. I agree. Whether I that's I just, on, whether that's on Gase or the quarterback, you know, I don't know. But right, I'm not panicking on on uh, Le'Veon Bell, um, not yet at least. But I mean, I would be lying if I said I wasn't a little bit concerned. I think they're going to be behind. I mean, when I made my prediction before the year, I thought Le'Veon Bell be a top six back. I hate to say it, but kind of stipulations of people being healthy. You know what I mean? Are you trying to back out of our bet? Nope. Okay. He had a good it week. Kind of he had, like he had, trying to back out of our bet. There. He had a he had a great week one. For those of you, for those of you that didn't listen to our last episode, I believe it was our last episode. Um, Justin here, uh, he he insisted that Le'Veon Bell was going to be a top six running back, and we actually put a six pack on it. Um, After week one, he was. Now I don't know. This week is up in the air, but true. Yeah, we'll see Same. what happens. I mean, like there's a lot of, back out already. No, there's a lot of football left. Okay, all right, fair enough. All right, moving on to another notable injury. So, Devin Singletary. So, it seemed like Devin Singletary was really catching um, – it seemed like he he was really catching some, catching some speed. Is that the right terminology? The right phrase? He's really, uh, uh, I, mean, I mean, I'm sure you could think of a different word. I, yeah, he was really building up some, spe- some speed, maybe. Like, I'm thinking like train, you know. No, that's a terrible analogy. He was really banging on all cylinders. This is, now it's just getting awkward. Okay. All right, anyways. All right, so – um, I think that the Devin Singletary hype was really picking up speed. That's what I was looking for. Um, but now um, he went out of this past game this past week uh, with a hamstring injury. It actually was a, kind of a scary injury because it was a non-contact injury. And those of you that follow football closely, you'll know that uh, oftentimes when it's a non-contact injury, um, that's normally not a good sign. That's oftentimes some sort of tear, um, you know, ACL, MCL, something like that. Uh, fortunately for him, uh, it was a hamstring sprain. So I believe it sounds like he's going to be returning this season. Um, I don't think we have a good timetable quite yet. Um, are you looking at any of these backs to replace Devin Singletary? Not really. I mean, hopefully you they're... weren't relying on Devin Singletary to begin with, but I mean, he had actually played pretty well in week one. Um, I think he's a guy that definitely in keeper leagues, dynasty leagues, he's a guy that was probably gaining people's attention more than we probably thought because you never know about the Bills' offense. You know what I mean? They're just very – they're very um, kind of just plain. You know, I know Josh Allen's got some potential, but as far as backups, you got Frank Gore, who I think we'll see probably the majority of the snaps. He's probably not a guy I'm, like, running to get um, – just because there's – I don't think there's a very high ceiling there. The other guys, TJ Yeldon, probably more of the passing downs. Um, so if you really are desperate for a running back, I don't think Frank Gore is a terrible ad. Um, if you're desperate, maybe as a flex play. Um, but I'm not totally sold on anybody in the Buffalo backfield unless you're, unless you're kind of desperate. Yeah, it's one of those things, man. I, I don't think that anybody has a whole lot of upside in this backfield now. I like Devin Singletary, um, but you know, I uh, yeah, I don't think I have a whole lot of confidence in uh, in Frank Gore. I mean, guys, very. I mean, he's incredible. Like, I can't believe that he's still in this league. Like, he just won't. He's one of those guys that just won't go away. You know, I'm not saying we want him to go away, but he just 
he just keeps coming back. And, you know, he just like, – right when you think that he's gone, he just keeps coming back. So, um, yeah, but I don't think, like – I don't think I could feel confident starting any of these guys. I think, um, you know, just because – I mean, we saw last year, even LaShawn McCoy, um, even LaShawn McCoy, um, who I would argue is, you know, really good running back, um, he really couldn't find fantasy success in this backfield. Uh, the only thing I will say about Frank Gore – they play the Bills this or the the Bills play the Bengals this week. A Bengals team that just gave up a crap ton of points to the 49ers. The Bills are right now favored by 6. So they're projecting the Bills to win. It's at home. Frank Gore could be a sneaky. I mean, you just need him to get in the end zone once. It's technically as a flex play. So maybe Frank Gore's a guy you take a risk on this week. They're playing who now? The Bengals at oh. home, at home and we saw what the Bengals did last week. They laid a total goose. Goose egg, and their defense has not been very good. Gave up quite a bit to the Seahawks in week one, and the 49ers really had a good week too. So give me some Frank Gore as a flex play this week. I like it. Okay. All right. Cool. Uh, Moving on to some other notable injuries um, that have come about recently. Um, Alshon Jeffrey, that was another one I felt I was a little bitter about um, last night. Alshon Jeffrey leaves the game against the Falcons last night, Sunday night football. Um, he is one of those guys. I think, like, it's somebody that we – I think that he, it's worth mentioning him because, you know, he's experienced a lot of soft tissue injuries in the past that have that have held him out. Um, when he's on the field, I mean, he's one of the you know, top op- options for Carson Wentz, and he's a good player. But, um, you know, health is, like, just a really, really big concern for him. So, I mean, it's a little concerning to me that – um, you know, apparently they have two games in 10 days. I assume that – I assume – I think they – I want to say that they play on Thursday night two weeks from now, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but they have, a, they have a short turnaround is my point. So they'll play, I believe, this next Sunday. And I think they play the following Thursday, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure that is correct. Yeah, Alshon Jeffrey's a guy that – he's not sexy pick. You know, he kind of just – Goes out and does his thing, um, and I think well, I think the perk with Alshon is we think they're we probably think their offense is going to be pretty good all year, right? I mean Carson Wentz and yeah, I don't I don't think that you when you drafted Alshon, I don't think you're expecting 120 yards and a touchdown from Alshon. Like what you're really hoping for is you're hoping for a touchdown, maybe two, maybe 50 or 60 yards. You know, because I think that's a realistic expectation. You know, one or two touchdowns a game. Um, well, let me rephrase that. That's wishful thinking. You're hoping for one or two touchdowns a game and 60 yards from Alshon Jeffrey, maybe five catches or something. So there's a lot of mouths to feed in that offense. Zach Ertz is a big, you know, he's a big touchdown threat, uh, red zone threat rather. Um, you know, and I don't think they're. I don't think they're. I don't think the running game is anything to turn your nose up at either. So no, no, but Dallas Goddard went out last week. So did Deshaun Jackson, both with injuries. I don't. I don't think those are long term. So, um, Alshon Jeffrey's a guy that if those guys are out, he kind of moves up the pecking order a little bit. I think Deshaun Jackson's week one probably a little misleading. I think we would all agree with that. But like we said, I think that offense is going to be pretty good. So I wouldn't be shocked to see him continue to have, you know, decent numbers. Alshon, he's a guy you're probably starting in your flex this week. Just to confirm, yes, Philadelphia is playing in week four um, on Thursday night. So, uh, yeah, that's something I I really don't like. I don't like that 
they have two games in the next 10 days. Um, that's not, you know, it, it's nice as far as his week five matchup because he'll have a little bit of time to get ready uh, and get right. But, um, yeah, I definitely don't like that he experienced an injury in this game that removed him from the game, and now they got to play two games in, th- in, in, in 10 days. So um, moving on to another notable injury, do we need to talk about Deshaun Jackson? I feel like we just kind of touched on him. Like no, said, I mean, I think it's just something you need to yeah keep an eye on throughout the week. He's he is what you probably thought he was. He's had a monster week one and ended up going out of the game in week two and gave you a goose egg. So um, kind of what Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, does. I mean that kind of comes out. Uh, that's why when you hear a lot of boomer bust receivers, you hear he's a lot like Deshaun Jackson because yep. he is what he is. He's a deep threat. He's going to win you some weeks. He's also going to throw up some 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 clunkers, and you're going to be like, why the heck did I start that guy, especially what he did the week before. So, Yeah, every time I think about a boomer bust play or when I describe a boomer bust play, that's usually my go-to is, oh, yeah, he's very Deshaun Jackson-like. That's exactly where I go every time. So. Um, yeah, he's the epitome of boomer bust. So, um, you know, we've seen this before. I'm sure people, I'm sure there's a ton of people that got burned by him this week. Um, after he had a huge week one and then he came out and got hurt. I mean, you obviously can't predict that, but it seems like we've seen this before. Like last year was very similar, you know, he had a monster week one with Tampa Bay last year, you know, and, uh, then he was, you know, in comparison, he was pretty, he was relatively quiet the rest of the year. So, uh, moving on to Tyreek Hill. So Tyreek Hill, this is actually a week one injury, but we'll talk about this briefly because, you know, this has a pretty big impact on um, some other fantasy players, some other players in, fan- in fantasy, rather, um, for the Chiefs. Um, I think what play- what probably a lot of managers are thinking right now is this. Who's the guy to own aside from – tight ends, running backs in Kansas City. Who's the receiver to own in Kansas City? I still think it's probably Sammy Watkins. He still had a decent week, four for 68 or 69 yards. Um, he's still a big play guy. I know Demarcus Robinson had a monster week. Uh, McCole Hardman was a was a, a high waiver ad this week. I still think it's Sam, Sammy Watkins. I still think he's a top 15, 12 play this week. He's a guy, if you have him, you're playing him. Demarcus Robinson's maybe a sneaky flex play because just because of more because of Mahomes, you know. I mean, I, McCole Hardman's maybe a guy you, he got a touchdown this week. In my opinion, all three of those guys are probably starting on somebody's team this week. Yeah, I don't know how you don't start them this week. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't. You may get burned by, you know, Hardman or um, Demarcus uh, Robinson, but you know. I mean, the potential is just – the potential is there. And so, like, I think I'm, like, going to take a chance and and hope for the best with those guys. Um, I think that, you know, I imagine that Demarcus Robinson is still available in a lot of leagues. Um, Is he pretty pretty high on your waiver ad list this week? I'm probably going to take a look at him. He's probably not going to be my number one or two waiver ad. But I'm definitely going to take a look at him and see. Um He's just one of those guys, man. I'm not, I'm not real sure what to expect from him. Um, but kind of like Sammy Watkins, I mean, is he a product of the offense? You got to look at their matchup, too. They go up against the Ravens this week, which should be a better defense. So, Yeah, I would argue, you know, there's a little part of me that kind of thinks, you know, while I, I'm tempted to start these guys, especially in the deeper leagues, um, you know, I'm a little – 
I kind of have this little, a little bit of this attitude of, you know, oh, like I think that, you know, it could be anybody's week, week to week. You know, like this, like this past week was it was it a Marcus Robinson week? Next week might be a Sammy Watkins week. The week after that might be a Hardman week. So like, until Tyreek Hill's back, um, I mean, it could be it could be anybody's week, really. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I think you're playing Sammy Watkins. Yeah, I think you're playing. Well, heck, you're probably. Uh, and Sammy, uh, Sammy Watkins, like, even in shallow leagues, I think you're playing him. Yeah, and you're probably in playing – In deeper leagues, I think you're probably playing those two other guys, and McC- you're just hoping for the best. I think you're probably playing McCole Hardman in maybe the shallow leagues, 10 teams, just because of the offense. Now, I know Demarcus Robinson had the monster week, but McCole Hardman's probably the guy that they have a little more upside in. Fair enough. I can get on board with that. I think um, – And, I mean, they play the Ravens this week at home. You think of the Ravens as being a pretty good defense. The total's still at fifty four and a half, so mm-hmm. they're expecting a lot of points. If I I'm I haven't looked at all the totals this week, but I would guarantee that would probably be the highest one of the week. They're playing so, the Ravens, that's at, right. Ravens at home, it's at fifty four and a half and You mean when you say at home, you mean they're playing the, the Chiefs Ravens. are at home. The Chiefs are at home. Right. Yeah. I think the Ravens are not scaring me away from this 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 matchup. Um, you know, it's it's Patrick Mahomes. When you're on the field with Patrick Mahomes, good things can happen. So, I'm not worried about this matchup at all. Uh, moving on to Michael Gallup. So, um, help me out here. You are the Cowboys fan in the group. Um, what has Michael Gallup experienced? Um, he's out for the next two to four weeks, I believe. Um, is this a meniscus tear? Is that right? I believe so. I think it's, it's something with the knee. Um, he's supposed to miss two to four weeks. I'd probably lean more to the four side, uh, maybe coming back in week four. And, you know, I I probably wouldn't expect total 100% health when he does come back. Um, so a guy that had, had two pretty good weeks to start the year. I mean, a Cowboys offense had probably been throwing the ball a little more than we expected. And it had some success throwing the football. Um, so, um, you know, I think it'll be – Interesting to see kind of what they do with him, um, but you know I'm, I'm, I mean he, I think it is a, a meniscus, and I just think it's an injury that he just needs. It's just going to need time to heal, especially as a receiver making all those cuts and everything. Yeah, it's an injury. It's a little concerning to me. Um, you know, I, I think that I mean, this guy is a really talented player. I mean, he's he's a first round draft pick, if I'm not mistaken, right? Was he first? He was an early draft pick, I believe. He was either first or second. So, I mean, he's got that like kind of pedigree, um, you know. But, you know, I think what I'm thinking about more than even that is just this: the Cowboys look good right now. I'm sure you're happy about that, being a Cowboys fan. I mean, this team looks really, really good, in my opinion. I mean, this is all kind of very anecdotal. And, like, to be fair, they've kind of had some – They've they've had two favorable matchups so far this year, but still, I, I'm I'm I think I'm in on the Cowboys right now. Would it be crazy to think that they're going to the Super Bowl? Crazy, you know I don't think so. Michael Gallup was drafted in the third round, by the way. Okay, um, but still, you know, third round pick is is a value pick. I don't want to jump the gun and say Super Bowl yet. Um, but from what I've seen, they're the best team in the division. I think the Eagles are right there just because of their offense. Um, 
but we saw the Eagles, they have some issues. Um, so I think the Cowboys are definitely in the playoffs. Uh, the play, it'll just depend on Super Bowl is just a bold statement. But right now, I mean, they got to be one of the top two or three teams in the NFC, right? Yeah. Probably, probably them and who else would you put up there? The Packers? Um, Packers haven't looked as good, but they're 2-0 and and they beat the Bears and the Vikings, two good football teams. Yeah, I would say the Packers. I mean, I don't think you can sleep on the Rams, right. um, even though they've they've looked okay. They haven't looked as good as I um, expected. So I think they might be they may be experiencing a little bit of a uh, a Super Bowl hangover. Um, so I mean, you can't count them out though. So, um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, the Cowboys. I don't know. I, just just watching them just from the from the eye test. I would not want to play the Cowboys right now. They look I feel like they look really good. You know, they the passing the passing game is working. Now and that was what was kind of missing early in the season last year. You know, and they, they added Amari Cooper in the offseason they actually added um Randall Cobb, who who we had the pleasure of going to high school with. Like I mean, this offense looks really good now. I feel like they have all kinds of passing options. Dak has plenty of people to throw to. Like I said, that was kind of the problem at the beginning of the season last year. Um, you know, Michael Gallup, not hating on him, but I mean, he was his number one option at the beginning of the season last year. Now he's got a guy like Amari Cooper, Randall Cobb, Jason Witten. Jason Witten's back. Right, just steady Eddie Jason. So I think um, what I saw in the this past week was just the impact of Dak Prescott running the football. Mm-hmm. Five rushes for sixty nine yards, had a forty two yard run. I mean, if you get him going in the running game. Zeke had over 100 and a touchdown. Um, yeah, the offense, I think, is going to be tough to stop. I mean, they're going to have some bad weeks. Um, but the development of Dak Prescott and this offense with new offensive coordinator Kellen Moore um, has, has been impressive through two weeks. I do think this the schedule has been favorable. So I'd like to see in week three they go up against the Dolphins, so we still probably won't find out much about them. Man, what a good landing spot when you really think about it. Yeah, they've Weeks had one and yeah, two and I mean, three, like pretty 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 good. Well, week one and two were division games though. This so it's not true. really this that's kind of out of their hands. Right, right. Um but the Dolphins, you're right, not a very good football team. Um but I think we'll know I would have said we'd know more about them in week four when they go to the Saints. But without Drew Brees that's still going to be a raucous environment. I so, think so uh, I think week four we'll start to find out more about the Cowboys. I don't think you can judge off off what they do next week, but for the two games, I mean, they've been they've been very impressive. Yeah, I mean, like I, I mean, I, I will say I, I will say this. I, I think that they've had some good, they've had some favorable matchups so far, and they got a couple coming up. Um, I think I'm still in on them though. I think I still I think I really like the Cowboys right now. You should I think, be in. I know you you are definitely a homer, so you're going to be biased. But I am not a homer. I am not a Cowboys fan, and I will say, I think this team has a good chance. You know, I'm not saying that, you know, they're not a lock, but I think they have a decent chance. I think that I mean, I, honestly, I'd be shocked if they didn't win the division. Um, you know, I think they could they have a potential to go deep in the playoffs. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I think that I think the division being weak is helping them. I mean, the right. Redskins are not very good. The Giants are not very good. The Eagles, we think, are probably a pretty good football team, but you know they got beat by the Falcons on on uh, Sunday night. So right now, yeah, the Falcon or the Cowboys are the favorite in the division, and I would say one of the top favorites in the NFC. So uh, let's not jump the gun after two weeks, but sure, let's sure. let's definitely say that they're playing well so far. Right. 
So with that being said, is there any scenario where you're cutting Michael Gallup? I don't think so. I don't no, think so. I mean, I think what we've seen through two weeks, um, he's been – I mean, he still had six for 68 last week. Um, and, I mean, I, I, I think he's going to be – Probably their number two option. I still think Cooper's number one. You know, Zeke out of the backfield is obviously going to be a a, a big, um, you know, big. I mean, a big component to the offense. But he had seven for one fifty eight in week one with Gallup. So mm-hmm. there's no way I'm dropping him. I think you just you you don't like storing him on the bench. But sometimes you got to do what you got to do. I agree. Yeah, I think you got to like. I think you have to hold on to him um, and just you know hope that he returns. Uh, sooner rather than later. The only thing I will say about this is that if the Cowboys are playing as well as they are, um, then my, they may they may be extra careful with Michael Gallup, and they may they may not bring him back as early as they could. So just to be on the safe side. So that's what I will say. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Sometimes that could be a good thing. We experienced some some something like that, someone similar in the past uh, with AJ Green actually, where uh, they rushed AJ Green back too early. And then uh, he was out for the rest of the season. So um, that actually may bode well in Michael Gallup's favor. I think when he does come back and plays, um, I mean, if they're if the, if the Cowboys start four and zero, five and zero, then I think you know when Michael Gallup comes back to play, then I think that you can feel pretty confident um, in his health. All right, the last injury of note that we have for you guys is Hunter Henry. So Hunter Henry. Um, I believe this is actually last week when he um, when we discovered that he had a um, he's 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 experienced an injury for life of me I actually can't figure out I don't remember what it was um, is it a I believe it's a knee injury if I'm not mistaken um, but he's out for like four to six weeks um, we already mentioned that the tight end pool is pretty slim pickings especially now um, if you look at the waiver wire there's probably not a like a whole lot of options. Um, you know, what are you doing if you have Hunter Henry on your team? I'm definitely not picking up Virgil Green, which is the Chargers' backup. <laughs> I, I think we're talking about Virgil Green. On this well, podcast. I think <laughs> I, I think he's a guy that gets reeled in sometimes because you're like, oh, Philip Rivers had Antonio Gates, and then Hunter Henry, and you're like, he's got to throw to somebody. But yeah, I, I mean, I'm kind of like we talked about earlier with the tight ends I think you just almost have to go matchup by matchup basis and just try to get the best guy available and um I hate it for for the for the Chargers I hate it for Hunter Henry because that that man can't stay healthy for nothing and he's really just struggled I think the potential's there and I hate it because I drafted him in one league and but he's just not he's not producing at a very high level and I think he's a guy that's going to keep getting high preseason rankings, high week-by-week week matchup, but the dude just can't stay healthy. Yeah, I would agree with you there. I, um, Yeah, Hunter Henry, like, I don't have any issue with you dropping him right now. Um, you know, and I hate doing that. I hate doing that because, like, if you got Hunter Henry, you probably, you probably got him at a – I'm not going to say early draft price, but probably somewhat early. You probably drafted him in the seventh, eighth round at least, if not earlier than that. If you were high on him, you may have got him in the sixth. So um, we know that Philip Rivers likes his tight end, but um, but yeah, I'm a little um, I don't know. I just I, I'm I got no issue with dropping Hunter Henry right now. I if you're trying to replace him, 
I think one person to mention, um, well, a couple people to mention rather, uh, TJ Hawkinson, if he is in your league, I think you got to go pick him up. Um, I know he had a, he didn't have a very good week too, but I think that that's probably going to change for him in the future. I think this is a talented player. Um, if there's anybody that can, you know, I guess, um, you know, we always hear this, um, stereotype that, you know, first year tight ends don't perform well in the NFL, you know, as far as fantasy goes, I feel like he could, um, he could be the exception to the rule. Um, you know, so he's, he's probably my number one waiver, uh, excuse me, my number one pickup if I need tight end help. Um, but somebody else to mention, um, if you can weather the storm for a little bit, I actually like Chris Herndon. So I know that's, this is a guy that a lot of people have probably forgotten about. Um, but he's a Jets. He's a tight end for the Jets. We know the Jets don't have a lot of weapons, um, and he had some flashes last year. So he's currently suspended. I believe he's suspended until week five. But this is a guy you might be able to plug into your lineup, and he could be serviceable for you. Yeah, I think. Um, well, I'm kind of in a wait and see approach with them because just how bad the Jets' offense is. I guess um, some other tight ends that. If they're out there, I think you need to grab them. Darren Waller from Oakland, if he's out there and he hasn't been scooped up in your league, he's a high guy that I think needs to be picked up. I agree. Austin Hooper with the Falcons I think is another intriguing pickup just because of that Falcons offense. And a guy like Vernon Davis I think has some potential with the um, Redskins just because uh, Jordan Reed is kind of in the Hunter Henry mold. mold. And that he can't, he seems to not be able to stay healthy, and his is more concussion based. But um, those are a couple guys that, if you're desperate and you just need a tight end for a week, may not be worth a may maybe maybe worth a shot. I think I'm in on the Darren Waller hype. Um, I, I don't think I'm in on the Vernon Vernon Davis. Um, you know, just just because I think Vernon Davis is seems to me that Vernon Davis's ceiling is probably a little bit lower. You know, eventually Jared, Jared, or excuse me, Jordan Reed is going to come back. Um, so, you know, I, I think I would feel better about, you know, I think I'd feel better about a guy like Chris Herndon. You know, maybe just pick up somebody in the meantime to weather the storm. Um, I mean, it all depends on your situation, though. I mean, if you're trying to hold on to Hunter Henry, then you won't be able. I don't think you can pick up Chris Herndon unless you just have a, a bunch of bench spots. You know, because then in that situation, you're going to be rostering three tight ends. And um, honestly, I have enough heartburn over rostering two. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, this all this is all dependent upon who's available in your league. But, you know, some guys to note for me, TJ Hawkinson, Darren Waller, um, you know, I'm, I, Chris Herndon, if you, you know, if you're in a situation where you feel like you can drop your other tight end, um, you know, I, those are the guys that come to mind for me. Only reason I say Vernon Davis is just a simple fact: the dude's probably still one of the better athletes in the league. I mean, what are the Redskins going to be doing most of the time? They're probably going to be dumping it off, checking down. Right, and what are their scores mainly going to look like? They're going to be behind, so they're going to be throwing the football. He's a receiving tight end. I'm not saying he's a guy that like you're running out there to make sure you grab, but he's a guy that week by week, I think, because of their offense and how much they're going to need to throw the ball because they're behind. He may not be a terrible ad. He had three for 29 this week, nothing special, only four targets. But um, I think he's a guy going forward that, that could see some some decent red zone targets as well. I want to mention really quickly, one more guy that comes to mind for me. Um, 
you may be in a league where somebody panicked on Vance McDonald. If somebody did drop him, like go check and make sure. Um, but if you're in need of tight end help, then I, I think it's worth going out and seeing if Vance McDonald is still available. Um, I am not panicking on Vance McDonald. I think I think you, I would be perfectly fine if I'm a Hunter Henry owner. If Vance McDonald still is, is still out there, then I'll, I would go pick him up. So let me ask you this question. TJ Hawkinson this week is at the Eagles. He only had one catch for seven yards last week after having a monster week one. Uh, you say pick up Vance McDonald. Um, the Steelers this week are playing the at the 49ers. Are you rating Vance McDonald ahead of TJ Hawkinson? Um, both games are on the road at the 49ers for McDonald and at the Eagles for Hawkinson. Who are you playing in that game? Or between those two? You know, that's close for me. I think I'm probably going with Hawkinson just because he's going to be on the field more. I mean, the Steelers have made it pretty evident that Vince McDonald is not an every-down player. And so I'll probably go Hawkinson just because I know that he's going to be on the field more often than Vance McDonald. So don't quote me on that because I don't know how many snaps TJ Hawkinson played this past week, but I am assuming that he is on the field for a majority of their snaps. Yeah, I'm a little torn because that was my – I actually dropped Vance McDonald to pick up Hawkinson. Our bench is in the one league we're in where I'm 2-0 and and you're 0-2, no offense. Um, Ouch. Yeah. Hashtag facts. I, Move on. Move I actually okay. – didn't I beat you, you in week one? You did. Yeah. Okay. Just making sure. Um, anyways, um, with Vance McDonald, after his poor performance in week one, I think I jumped the hop train maybe a little too quick. Now, I'm in. I'm going to win this week anyway, so Hawkinson's poor performance didn't hurt me. But I'm wondering if I don't go pick up Vance McDonald. I hate rostering two tight ends, especially when we only got five bench spots and I also have A.J. Green on the bench. And my player to player, is it worth rostering Vance McDonald if I'm able to get him? You know, I think so, just because you never know. We could be talking in a couple of weeks where we're talking about how, hey, TJ Hawkinson blew up in week one, but he hasn't done anything since then. So, like, he is still a rookie tight end. So, um, you know, I don't think that just because he had a good week one that we don't necessarily need to run away from this, like, oh, like, you can't trust rookie tight ends. I mean, that's still. Um, I mean, I feel like that's still a thing. So, um, I don't feel like you can completely ignore that. So I'm not honestly, I'm not looking at you funny if you start Vance McDonald over TJ Hawkinson this week. I'm not because I almost actually like the 49ers matchup more than um, the matchup that TJ Hawkinson has. But I just like that. I mean, it's opportunity. It, you know, it's it's. I think TJ Hawkinson has more opportunity than Vance McDonald. So. If you told me right now that Vance McDonald is going to be on the field for the same amount of snaps that T.J. Hawkinson is, then I'd probably start T.J. Excuse me, I'd probably start Vance McDonald just because he's going to have the same amount of opportunities as as T.J. Hawkinson. Yeah, I mean, I'm I hate that league because there's only five bench spots, but sometimes you got to make tough decisions. This and is I, what I will say about what. Go ahead, sorry. I don't want to go dive too deep into my team. What do you? What is your thoughts on David Montgomery from the Bears? He d- got into the end zone last week. Um, he's a guy that 
um, you know, we and I think we all use Matthew Barry as a guy. He does his research, very knowledgeable about what's going on um, in the league. Um, Devin Montgomery had 11 care, or excuse me, 18 carries, 62 yards, and a touchdown. Also had one catch for six yards, so not much there. But a guy when Mike Davis took all the carries in week one is David Montgomery. I mean, he out he out carried him eighteen to three in week week two. Is David Montgomery taking over that backfield? I mean, I feel like that makes sense. Um, I mean, that, and that was a kind of a sloppy game against the Broncos. Um, Trubisky, which another guy I'm really worried about, who I was kind of interested to see how he did this year only threw for 120 yards so well I think that's what you're getting with the Bears though I think the Bears they're going to rely on their defense which I don't think their defense has even really shown up like this season I feel like well are you sure I mean they 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 shut down the Packers and then excuse me I'm sorry what I mean is well I guess that was a little they only gave up 14 to the Broncos they haven't shown up fantasy wise we know that they they haven't really produced fantasy numbers. It doesn't seem like. No, I mean they haven't got a ton of turnovers, but they're giving up ten and fourteen. I mean that's pretty solid in the NFL. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I think that you know I think this is what you can expect from the Bears, the Bears and their their offense and their defense is like they're probably going to play. They're probably going to play good defense. I mean this is their game script. They want to play good defense and they want to run the ball. So, um, you know, Tariq Cohen, I'll, Tariq Cohen might as well be a receiver now, right? I mean, I, I agree. Um, this is what I will say. I. There was in one league I'm in, um, I thought this was a total overreaction where there was one particular team that actually dropped David Montgomery uh, after his week one performance. I thought that was a that was an overreaction. I would have picked him up myself, but I didn't have any roster space. I, mean, I had I, I had a bunch of guys that I wanted to hold on to, and so that didn't happen for me. But I was actually shocked that somebody had dropped him so quickly because I think he is a talented player. And he's in an offense that is probably going to run the ball quite a bit. So I could see, a, you know, I could see David Montgomery, um, I guess, continuing this, like getting, you said, 18 touches this past a- week. 18 carries. I mean, 62 yards, not a high Is he average in the passing rate. game at all? One catch for six yards, had three targets, though. So, I mean, he's he's not Tariq Cohen, obviously, but he's a guy like that, that's pretty promising. I mean, there's very few running backs in the league that are getting 20-plus touches. So well, I had a tough. I mean, I don't want to dive too deep into my team on a podcast, but no one cares about your fantasy team. Yeah, they do. I had a tough decision to make this week because I had David Montgomery, who was on the hate list, who only had six carries the week before. He's tripled it this week to eighteen, and Cooper Cup, who ended up, you know, going for twelve or thirteen, ended up should have had a touchdown, got called back, but um, I had to make a tough decision in that in that, and I actually went Cooper Cup. Um, which I think David Montgomery outscored him, not by a ton. But um, is David Montgomery a, a flex play from now on? Or, I mean, where do you where do you see him, I guess? I think he is a flex play, yes. Um, I think I think that – I think he's – I think he's a, he's not somebody I'm cutting bay with for sure. He's definitely not somebody I'm like I'm, – I'm, I'm letting go of. So I'm holding on to David Montgomery, even if I'm not playing him. I'm holding on to him, and I I want to see it at least for another week or two. Are you playing any bare receivers this week? I mean, if if you have them, Allen Robinson, Tariq Cohen's technically a receiver, and though he's a running back. Who are they playing? I think they have a favorable matchup, don't they? Um, I looked at this earlier, and I actually liked Allen Robinson's matchup, if I'm not mistaken. 
Do you have Allen Robinson in a league? Or I don't. Um, our actually our league manager in the in one of the leagues that we're in together, he had Allen Robinson and he had kind of an underwhelming week. Um, the Bears play at the Redskins this week. Okay, they're four point favorites. So the Bears had a they 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 I I would argue that's a favorable matchup for Allen Robinson. So um, I would feel good about Allen Robinson. But with that being said, I feel like we have seen this in the past. I think that Chicago can be kind of tough to um, to predict just because, you know, we've seen times where they've been throw happy. We've seen times where they've been run happy. Um, and it seems like they're very lopsided when that happens. Like there are times where they throw the ball a ton. There are times where they run the ball a ton. If I had to bet, I feel like this is probably a running game for them because the Redskins are, you know, frankly, they're not a very good team. Um, so so – who who are you starting from the Bears this week against the Redskins? I'm probably starting David Montgomery. And, ta- and, and and Tariq Cohen. That's probably it. So you're not you're, so you're not starting Allen Robinson. I don't think I can. I don't think I can with like confidence. Um I, I think I like their matchup, but I mean this is all this is all dependent upon I like I like that I like his matchup with that back or with that um with that secondary. But I just don't know if I see everything has to go right for that to happen. Okay, so the Bears need to be behind, I think, for Allen Robinson to have a good game. And I don't know if that's very likely. Now, I will say this. Jay Gruden, I feel like that man deserves a couple of, a couple of awards because considering the lack of talent he has had in Washington, he's actually done really well. You know, I would argue that he's done pretty well considering – the lack of talent that he has. They were they were leading the Eagles in week one by two or three touchdowns. So I mean the guy the guy knows football. He just I don't think he has the personnel to do it. Yeah. I partially see your point. Have they drafted well? I mean they don't I mean I got the I get they got Haskins this year for quarterback but they haven't done much offensively to really help out their team. I, mean, I would they, argue that they have not drafted all that well. I mean, yeah, Josh I mean, Doxson was a bot. Yeah, he was I mean, a bust. He, that's what I'm saying. I mean, they got Chris Thompson, but, you know, he's he's a third down back, let's be honest. He's a lot like Tariq Cohen. Um, yeah, offensively, I just don't feel like they've done much with their offense. I mean, they picked up Adrian Peterson, who was obviously not a draft, draft choice. They've went a lot of defense draft-wise. I'm just – Maybe Jay Gruden is a good coach, but offensively, they just—I don't—I don't—I don't feel like there's much there. Yeah, I mean, Case Keenum's actually been a decent surprise. Yeah, sure. I think he's just a solid, solid quarterback. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's not gonna. Right, right, yeah. right. He's a serviceable quarterback, you know, and so like I feel like that's why like there's still some value to be had in this, uh, you know, in this offense. But, um, but yeah, it's just—it's hard to say. I mean, I think it just depends on if they come to play. If they come. If they come to play, then we may see a more competitive game with the Bears. But if I had to bet, I think this is going to be a big running game for the Bears. So they're probably going to just rely on their defense, grind out this win. Um, you know, I, I don't think Mitchell Trubisky has performed particularly well in primetime games. Um, so I, this I is could a Monday see, night game. So right, is it not, con- not considered primetime? Yeah, it is. That's okay. what I was saying. <laughs> I, I was backing you up. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Um, I mean, he didn't perform well this, you know, in the in the opener. Um, I think it was last season when they played the Bay, played Green Bay on Monday Night Football. 
Um, he didn't perform particularly well that night either. Um, I, I just I don't know. I I don't really like Mitchell Trubisky in prime time. Um, you know, he might be one of those guys that we talk about, kind of like Andy Dalton. You know, in a couple of years where I don't think he's Andy Dalton, but I think Andy Dalton is notorious for not showing up in prime time. So, um, so yeah, I I don't know. I um I don't have a lot of confidence. Um, I like the matchup. Like I said, I like the matchup as far as the secondary goes. I think that Allen Robinson could do well, but I just think there's going to be a lot of running in this game. Yeah, I could see that. So you're not starting Allen Robinson. You're starting Montgomery and Cohen. I think I'm starting Montgomery and Cohen. If I'm starting Allen Robinson, then I'm hoping for a favorable game script. Fair Which enough. I don't think is very low. And the total on that game is not very high. It's at, I think, 41.5, which is probably one of the lowest of the week besides maybe the Titans and Jaguars. Right, right. So, Sure. Okay. Um, so talk, let's talk real quick about um, some of the matchups um, in week three. So some of the favorable matchups that we have coming up. Um, Reiner, why don't you start us off? I think you want to talk about this Thursday night. Yeah, Titans-Jaguars, I'm intrigued by it. Um, we're obviously from Tennessee. Titans are my second favorite team behind the Cowboys, just kind of by necessity, just like teams that live in my state. So the Titans, obviously. Um, kind of disappointed in the Titans this past week against the Colts. Colts kind of have their number. Um, but as far as fantasy implications – Jaguars wise, the over unders at forty. They do not expect a very high scoring game at this. They do expect a close game. Titans are favored by one and a half at the Jaguars. The only guy I'm starting for the Jaguars is probably I think you still just because the running back pull is so weak. I think you have to start Leonard Fournette. And then if you're desperate at receiver, I think you look at D.D. Westbrook as a guy that that could get some get some run depending on the score. Titans-wise, I think you have to start Derek, uh, Derek Henry, just what he's done through two weeks. He's almost an automatic start. And I think you look at a guy like Delaney Walker, who is an automatic start at tight end. Um, Receiver-wise, Corey Davis is a guy that I think most people are probably looking at as a flex. Um, but in this matchup, if Jalen Ramsey's covering him, I, I, don't, I don't love it. Um, so I'm saying – Probably two for each team, Derrick Henry, Delaney Walker, and um, um, for the Jaguars, I think you have to start Fournette, and then I think you start um, Didi Westbrook in, in deeper leagues. What are your thoughts on those guys? I don't want to go all hot takey, but you, you drafted Leonard Fournette probably in the fourth round, if not earlier. I don't know how you have confidence in starting him, though. I mean, he is a pure – volume play and honestly against the Tennessee defense I, this is a tough run defense too like I, I don't know if I um, I know it doesn't feel good to sit Leonard Fournette and start somebody like Chris Thompson but I think I, I think in this, this situation I think it would do it so um, I, I'm not a, I swear I'm not a Leonard Fournette hater but I, I just can't get down with Leonard Fournette that's why I don't own any shares of him in any leagues so I, I didn't draft them for a reason um, if you happen to run into him, you know what? Maybe maybe you weren't in on him either, and you drafted him in the fifth or sixth round in your league somehow. Um, 
man, I would not feel good about Leonard Fournette, especially this week. Well, I think that team is a mess. Have you heard some of the things coming out? Yeah, Jalen Ramsey wants traded and all this and that. I think the 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 only reason the only reason I'm starting Fournette is because of his activity in the passing game last week. He had four catches for 40 yards on six targets, which is a positive sign. They want him involved in the offense. Didi Westbrook, who I said start, I still maybe they were a little higher, more higher on him with Nick Foles. He only had one catch for three yards, which is a little disappointed. Maybe you start Chris Conley instead of him. Had four for seventy-three with with Garner, uh, Gardner Minshew, uh, the backup quarterback. Are you starting Chris Conley over Didi Westbrook? And in deeper leagues, are you not starting Fournette? I mean, in deeper leagues, I think you have to start. What Fournette. about ten-team league? Ten-team leagues. I mean, PPR. He got you four catches last week for forty yards. I mean, in ten-team leagues, I don't think I am. I don't think I'm starting Leonard Fournette. Now, I may be proven wrong this week, but. I think I think I. I mean, as a flex play, sure, I'm starting Leonard Fournette because if he falls into the end zone twice, then it's a good day. But I just don't know if I have a lot of confidence in starting him. And that's I mean, my RB two. Yeah, I mean, he's still getting. RB1. He still had 15 carries last week, 50 yards. I mean, nothing spectacular. I think the passing game numbers are what's intriguing me a little bit. Had the second most targets um, behind DJ Clark, who I'm assuming is their tight end. I don't follow the Jaguars much, but. Um, Chris Conley, any intriguing him or four for seventy three last week on five targets? You know who I'm actually more interested from the Jacksonville uh, pass catchers, DJ Chark. Or some people say Shark, DJ Shark. So um, he is. It seems like he is. Is he the tight end? Right? No, he's he's a wide receiver. Okay, he's I don't actually, know much about him. He's kind of their like Deshaun Jackson okay. like player. Like he's like a deep guy. He's a deep threat kind of guy. Um, so. I mean, I mean the guys had he's put up point uh, good point totals the past two weeks. So I mean it's hard for me not to get down with that. In all honesty, um, in the league that we're in where we have two flex spots, he's there's probably a decent chance he's going to be in my lineup um, if Alshon Jeffrey is out. So there's a very good chance that he's going to be in my lineup if that's the case. So um, don't love them. I don't really love them the matchup with the Titans because I think they have a pretty good defense, but I think. If, if if you had to pick one or the other, you know, where they could be had, I think it is through the air. So you picking Chark over Westbrook and Conley? I think Westbrook and Conley are probably the safer options because, again, I think DJ, DJ Shark is probably kind of a boomer bust play from that offense. But um, but give me that. Give me the guy that's going to like – he could have like 120 yards and a touchdown. Well, Chark had seven catches, 55 yards, and nine targets last week, so – so he's still getting the volume. Led, led too. the team in targets. Yeah, I mean it wasn't close. Nine Fournette was the next highest at six. Yeah, so he's still getting volume there. Um, I think that, you know, I mean that says a lot right there. If he was only getting like four targets a game, you know, and he just, he caught all four of them, then that would be concerning to me. Because but because he's getting so many targets, like, you know, I got to say I like that. So yeah, and, and I mentioned D.D. Westbrook. He still had five targets. So. Gardner Minshew, Garner, Gardner Minshew still looks his way, just didn't quite have the production against a, a solid Texans defense. Who's your um, matchup that you want to go over this week or the one you like? Um, one matchup that I like is Baltimore and Kansas City. So um, I really like what I've seen from Lamar Jackson so far. Um, I think this is a good matchup with Kansas City, You know, questionable secondary there. I think that um, Kansas City is going to put up points in this game. 
I got I got Kansas City winning this game, so I think Lamar Jackson's going to have to continue to throw this game. But I think this is a sneaky good shootout game. Yeah, I'm I'm intrigued by it. Like I said, it's got the highest over under of the week at fifty four and a half. I actually picked up Mark Andrews in one of my leagues too, so great pickup this week. I do like that pickup. Let yep. me ask you this: Lamar Jackson, top five quarterback by the end of the year. I mean, threw for threw for. 272 this week and two touchdowns, also rushed for 120. Um, I mean, the rushing side, obviously, but the way his passing game has kind of developed, I mean, is he a top-five quarterback right now? I mean, it certainly looks that way. Especially against a, think, a vulnerable Chiefs defense, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm totally salivating at this this matchup. I love this matchup. I expect Kansas City to get ahead. Um I mean, I think that Lamar Jackson's probably going to be in a situation where he has to throw, has to run. Um, you know, he's going to have to make things happen. And so, I mean, I, I love the matchup. I love it. I think I think this could be a good this could be a good shootout game, which is not very um, that doesn't happen very often with Baltimore. But I think that the Kansas City Chiefs are just they're they're their offense is too good. Patrick Mahomes is going to score. So I really really like the addition of. Marquise Hollywood Brown for the Baltimore Ravens as well. Yeah, he's been special. Give me, so give me three guys you're starting on the Ravens out of. I know it's a little different, but you got Hollywood Brown, you got Mark Andrews, you got Mark Ingram, and Lamar Jackson. The guys I like from Baltimore. You got to start starting, Lamar Jackson. Yes, I'm starting Lamar Jackson. What about Mark Ingram? Where are you at with him? Um, I think 13 for 47 last week. Actually had a couple catches for 30 yards. So this might be crazy, but I think he's a low end RB one the rest of the year. High on uh, low end RB one, maybe high end RB two. Yeah, I'd say RB two. I mean, yeah. high end RB one. You're, he's, his, he, he's still not a big play guy. You know what I mean? He's right. gonna he's gonna get three or four yards of carry. Sure. Um, average three point six last week. Um, but you know they're gonna run the ball with Jackson. But it, the question is, is it gonna be Jackson most of the time? You know what I mean? So this just seems like a very dynamic offense all of a sudden. Like last year, I think people were kind of like. They're kind of chuckling to themselves about Lamar Jackson and how he wasn't really completing any passes, and now all of a sudden we're seeing it from Lamar Jackson. So I think that's why I'm like more confident in in, in Mark Ingram. Mm-hmm. I think Mark Ingram is a pretty good running back. I think there's four guys you got to start. I think Mark Andrews as a tight end you got to start. Had eight for 112 and a touchdown last last week. He's a must start in my opinion. I think Hollywood Brown's a must-start. He had 13 targets last week, 8 for 86. Didn't have a touchdown, but they were a little worried about his hip going into the into the game. Uh, didn't show in the in the production, 8 for 86. He's a must-start. I think you've got to start at least three guys, and I think Mark Ingram's probably a, a play against this uh, Chiefs defense. Uh, I think it's going to be a little more of a shootout. So I like the Ra- the Ravens with those four, and um, – I think you almost have to play those guys. Yeah, I mean, truthfully, I feel like I feel like I feel like Hollywood Brown. I think he's one of these guys. Like, I think he's the real deal. I think he could be a guy that we're talking about. Um, you know, going into the next year, I mean, he could be like a really a pretty early draft pick. You know, we haven't. It's been a while since we've seen. Um, you know, a good running back, or excuse me, a good wide receiver out of Baltimore. Um, I mean, since I mean, when was the last time we talked about a good? A good wide receiver out of Baltimore. They've had some decent guys. John Brown. They've had uh, Steve Smith. I think Steve Smith was the last one that I could really say, like, okay, that was a bona fide, like, fantasy stud. You know, and now, I mean, this this guy could be the guy. 
So I think people were worried because the first week he didn't get very much usage. But then uh, while his fantasy points weren't very high this in week two, um, his usage was higher. And so yeah. he had more snaps. He had more targets. Um, that's that's promising to me. I think and he's a big play guy, you know, and so it, only, it may only take one for him to, to uh, you know, return fantasy value. Um, what about on the Kansas City side? Who do you – I mean, I think we've talked about this already briefly, but who do you like from that side? Yeah, I think you got to start Mahomes. I think um, he's 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 an automatic guy. I still Hashtag th- fantasy analysis. Start Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, no, 443 for four last week. I Man, mean, you are good. I'll tell I think, you what. I think the guy I'm kind of worried about is Damian Williams. Um, only had nine carries for eight yards last week. Now that now, granted, they only rushed for thirty-one yards. I think we know where their strengths are is through the air. Damian Williams had three catches for forty-eight yards. So some 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 strengths in the in the PPR uh, department. I think you obviously have to start Travis Kelsey, no doubt. I think you start Sammy Watkins, no doubt. Damian Williams is still a guy. I think you probably start. LaShawn McCoy only had 11 for 23, so it wasn't like he was tearing it up on the ground. Yeah, I was a little disappointed by that performance, actually. Yeah, I think we were a little high. He had a pretty good uh, average in the first week. Um, So, Kelsey, Mahomes, I I still think Damian Williams is probably in there. And then um, take your pick between Demarcus Robinson and and McCole Hardman and Sammy Watkins as a start. I think I agree with you on that one. Uh, Who's another matchup you like in week three? Um. One of my other matchups that I, I like on on for week week three um, is I think the Lions at the Eagles. That game has a lot of intrigue for me just because both um, well the Eagles are one and one the the Lions are one zero oh and one they tied the Cardinals in week one big win over the Chargers last week for the Lions but it's like what do you do with the Eagles they've had so many injuries. Um, I still think Carson Wentz is a top five to seven play. They're at home. Um, the Lions, you know, do you, do you for sure start Hawkinson? What do you do at their receiver position? Do you play Galladay? Um, I think there's a lot of questions in that matchup. Galladay had a monster week two, but week one he was kind of just there. Um, and what about Matthew Stafford? I mean, a guy that's thrown for 630 yards through two weeks, thrown five touchdowns. Against the Eagles defense that hasn't been fantastic, I think it's a matchup that's intriguing, and I'm interested to see what happens. I think if the, if the Eagles are going to be had, it's definitely through the air. So, like, I think – I wouldn't feel, like, super great about starting Matthew Stafford, but I'm not looking at you funny if you start him. I mean, um, you know, they, they, they can be had through the air. I mean, of course, this is Julio Jones, but Julio Jones had a fantastic day against them last night. Um, but, I mean, this, this is a team that – they 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 have shown sometimes in the past where they can they they struggle against wide receivers, which means um, that quarterbacks should have a pretty good day against them as well. So um, so yeah, I'm I'm cool with Matthew Stafford starting him this week, um, but I wouldn't tell your expectations. I don't think he's gonna have, you know, I don't think he's gonna win you your week. You know, right? They're one of the higher over unders this week at forty eight. Um, I think it was a little bit of a. A defensive game against the Chargers last week. I think there's no doubt about that. That was a little surprising to me that the score was so low. Yeah, but, I mean, when you look at Matthew Stafford's line, I mean, still threw for 245 and two touchdowns. Did have the two picks. on Johnson, 12 for 41. Is on Johnson fading? 
I mean, did not have a very good week one. 12 for 41 this week. Did have two catches for 47. But I don't know if he's a guy you quite can bench. But, I mean, he was a top three round pick. And um, so where do you where do you see carry on right now? Yeah, I just – he's never been a guy that's just, like, wowed me, you know? Like, he's just not in that same tier as – I mean, I mean, obviously he's not in the top tier with, like, guys like Todd Gurley and David Johnson and those guys, you know, that Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara. He's not in that tier. I mean, I think we all know that. But – um, I think he's somewhere in the tier of like, I don't know, guys like Derrick Henry, Mark Ingram, maybe Mark Ingram, maybe, but I would, I would argue that I would rather have Mark Ingram. Um, you know, just, I mean, not even from a, um, not even from a, t- from a fantasy perspective, just from a talent standpoint, I just don't, I, I'm not, Cameron Johnson is just one of those guys. He doesn't have anything that just wows you, you know, right. like he's a, um, I mean, he's a good running back, I think, but he's just not going to be like this superstar, you know? So if you drafted him like that, I know in one league, uh, the league that our, my brother is in with us, he drafted Carryon Johnson very early, I thought. Um, that was way too early for my taste. Um, so I, I don't know. He just he's not. I don't think he's going to be a guy that's just going to win you your week for you. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm in the same boat. I, I think if you have him, you probably have to play him, probably because you drafted him as an RB1, high-end RB2. So I don't know that you have another, a ton of other options. Man, did, see, did a ton of people do that? Like RB2, for sure. I mean, well, when you say high-end RB2, RB2, do you mean like round three, round four? I'd say no, higher, no lower than round four. Man, I don't know. Well, because the running back pool was so weak, and he was projected to have a pretty good year. See, I, I was, I was thinking, I was thinking about him like in like round five, which meant I didn't really get a lot of shares of him in in many of my leagues. But I mean, not to toot my own horn, but there was one league I actually got him in the seventh. I think it was the sixth or seventh round, I believe it was. Like, I thought that was a little ridiculous. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. I just don't think that he's going to be a guy that's just going to like light it up. He's not going to tear it up for you. I mean. Does he have any tools that just like wow you? No, not really. I, I I'm a little disappointed in his carries. He only had twelve carries. I mean, I think there's a reason why he was a third round pick. Not to say that a third round pick is anything to turn your nose up at, but yeah, but round he was pick, supposed to be the, the man, right? I mean, coming into the year, I mean, I know they had C.J. Anderson had five carries for eight yards. Nothing that's really going to wow you. I think people were in on him because. I don't know. I think people were in on him because no Theo Riddick and like I think that he was gonna people thought he was gonna have more he was gonna have more touches in this offense, you know? So I don't know. That that I don't know. I just don't I don't I think you gotta tell your expectations with with Kerryon Johnson. Alright, another matchup that I am actually very, very intrigued by. Um maybe not very, very intrigued by, but I am a little intrigued by probably more than other people are is uh, the Giants and the Buccaneers. So, um, you know, I think that, you know, both these teams are teams that you can um, throw on. So New York actually plays Tampa Bay um, down in Tampa Bay. And so I'm not like – I don't have much confidence in Eli Manning, but I feel like Saquon Barkley is probably going to have a day here. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I think that um, 
you know, I'm not. I have a lot. Of, I don't have a lot of confidence. I don't think there are very many teams out there that are starting Eli Manning, and rightfully so. But I think Sterling Shepard has some appeal. Evan Ingram. I think that Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I feel like they might be slightly improved at defense, but I feel like for the most part, um, they're still a team that you can throw on. And then uh, you know, Dak Prescott in Week One, uh, he showed to us, um, and also uh, Josh Allen. They both proved to us that um, that you can throw on the Giants. So. Um, you know, I'd feel pretty good. Like, you know, I know we've kind of talked badly about Jameis Winston and some of the pass catchers in Tampa Bay, but I'd actually feel pretty decent about starting um, starting my Buccaneers this week. The pass catchers, that is. Yeah. It's a favorable matchup, you know. I th- but I thought we, we probably thought in week one it was a favorable matchup against the 49ers. Uh, Jameis Winston was a consensus top five play in that week. Um, so I guess I'm kind of – Curious to see what happens with um, Jameis Winston and the Bucks, um, just because of the matchup. You know, I mean, the Giants are a team that obviously not very good, so we'll kind of just have to wait and see what happens. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, do you give Jameis another run? Maybe you give him one more week, see how he does, and uh, just kind of go from there. As far as Giants, Barkley's an automatic play. I think Evan Ingram's an automatic play. Um. Other than that, I'm not sure where else you go with the Giants. Yeah, I think that um, if it doesn't happen this week for the Buccaneers, then I think there is a lot of room for concern. If it doesn't happen this week for O.J. Howard, for Mike Evans, then then I think it's time to start panicking a little bit because then you know, okay, something is wrong here. Like something is really, really wrong. So – um, I think in that situation, I would panic. Um, but I feel pretty good about starting them this week. Um, you know, but yeah, that, that, that's kind of where I'm at with this offense. Um, the Giants, yeah, I think it's Saquon Barkley, it's Evan Ingram, and it's Sterling Shepard if he plays, that is. He, has, he did experience a concussion last week. Um, but I think if those guys are playing, then they are, and you are playing them. Uh, who's, your, who's your next matchup that you, um, that you think is favorable? Okay, I'll tell you my matchup that I think is favorable. Um, I My last one that I want to mention real quick is the Houston Texans and the Los Angeles Chargers. Okay, so I know the Los Angeles Chargers didn't really – they kind of disappointed this past week. They didn't really have a lot of um, – they didn't put up a lot of points. But um, I think this is this kind of reminds me of week one when Houston played um, New Orleans. You know, I think that the Houston defense is probably not as good as that has been in the past. And so I think they're going to kind of rely on Deshaun Watson to keep him in some games. They got plenty of pass catchers to do so. Um, I think this this game could be a pretty good shootout potentially. So um, I like um, the potential of this game. I think there could be a lot of points scored in this one. I don't know what the over under is, um, but I, I imagine it's probably pretty high. So um, I mean, what do you think about Houston and Los Angeles? Yeah, I think it's I think it's an interesting matchup. Uh, the over/under is at forty-seven and a half, so one of the higher ones of the week. I'm kind of in your. I'm kind of intrigued by Carlos Hyde in that matchup. Had a decent week last week. I think he had ninety rushing yards. Um, you know, and but I think it starts with you're right. The Texans' passing game. Deshaun Watson, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Obviously, they had a kind of a a weird week last week against the Jaguars. Um, Hopkins only had. 
five for 40 yards. Um, but, you know, good defensive team in the Jaguars, and I think they probably knew they didn't have to take a ton of shots because uh, the Jaguars' offense is pretty good. What do you think about the Carlos Hyde, Duke Johnson? Carlos Hyde with 20 carries for 90 yards. Duke Johnson, six for 31. And uh, Duke Johnson had actually had zero catches on one target. So is Carlos Hyde the new number one in that? I think so too. I don't know why Carlos Hyde's not getting any love. Uh, I, I've I've never understood that. I think that Carlos Hyde's so, he's he's shown some flashes in the past, and so I think a lot of people think that he's just not a very good running back because of like how many teams he's been on, and he wasn't super efficient with the with San Francisco the last year or two. But you gotta think like the Forty ers sucked. They were horrible. They were not a good team when he was with them. I'm sorry, but like bad team, bad defense. Um, you know, that doesn't go, that doesn't go like, that's a very bad combination if you're a running back. So, um, well, I think people are a little nervous about him because his value in the passing game, he has, you know, zero catches on zero targets. Duke Johnson's obviously their third down back. Um, last week was a little bit of an anomaly anomaly because it's just a weird game with Jacksonville. It was just kind of sloppy. It was six to three and a half and, so, I don't know what you do there. I think um, Desh- Deshaun Watson's a must-play. DeAndre Hopkins is a must-play. Carlos Hyde's got some intrigue, so I think it just kind of depends on where you're at with your team for him. Yeah, I'm intrigued by Carlos Hyde. There were some leagues that I was actually really upset that I didn't get him in. Um, I was just a little late to the party when I heard that the Texans um, had traded for him. Um, you know, I-, I think he's a good running back. I think he's a better running back than he gets credit for. Um, so yeah, I'm intrigued by Carlos side. I think he's a guy that you can slot it into your flex and you could feel fairly confident about it. Um, who is your, who's, what do you, what do you think about, um, who's your, who's your last favorable matchup? The bears at the Redskins. Okay. And the reason I say that is just because I'm not sure what to do with the bears guys and the Redskins have guys that like. I think are available on waiver pickups. We talked about the Bears a little bit earlier. We're seeing, um, excuse me, with uh, Montgomery, Robinson, Trubisky, maybe a, a Tariq Cohen. So let's let's transition to the Redskins. A guy like Chris Thompson, a guy like Adrian Peterson, a guy like Vernon Davis. Um, you know, where where do you go with that offense? I mean, are you are those any do any of those guys intrigue you? I'll tell you the guy that intrigues me the most out of the Redskins is Terry McLaurin. So, um, I mean, that's either, I think this is the first time that they've really had, um, I mean, aside from, aside from Jamison Crowder, this is like, um, I mean, they also had Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson, you know, years ago. But um, as far as like a consistent player that they can rely on, I mean, I don't know if I could, I could think of a, like a receiver that they could like consistently rely on. Um, you know, I mean, I'm trying to think. Um, Pierre Pierre Garcon, like, when was the last time we could like we could plug somebody into our lineups and be like, okay, I can rely on this guy to like produce week in and week out. Um, they were better when they had Kirk Cousins. You know, Jameson Crowder. That certainly was okay. did help. Yeah, I mean, it yes. was. Um, so, are you you intrigued by Chris Thompson at all? I mean, I am. Yeah, because I think the team's going to be behind most games. I think he's going to be involved. They're actually only. Um, now it's at the Redskins, but they're only actually four-point underdogs against the Bears. 
I don't think that's crazy uh, and because I think, I think this is why. I think the Bears, they have this this formula where they just – they kind of play not to lose. You know, right. like they play good defense. They're not going to score. They're not trying to blow you out. You know, they're, 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 they're playing not to lose. They're, gonna, they're not going to try to beat you by 20 points. They're going to try to beat you by a field goal or by a touchdown. They're going to let their defense keep them in the game. So um, – and I can't really argue with that. That seems to have worked for them in the past. Terry, McLaugh- Terry McLaughlin, is that how you say it? How do you- uh, I think it's uh, Terry Mc- McLaurin. McLaurin? I think so. I believe so. Yeah, yeah, I saw him on the waiver wire this week. Um, had five for 62 and a touchdown this week. Obviously had a good week one. Is he a, a automatic start for you against the Bears who have pretty good defense? Not this week. Not against the Bears. I'm sitting him this week against the Bears. Um I mean, if I were going to start anybody against the Bears this week from the Redskins, I think it would be Chris Thompson. Um, just because I expect the Bears to get ahead. Um, I, and I just don't like the defense. I don't like the defense that they, that, that they have to go up against. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, rolling with, I'm rolling with Chris Thompson. I think that's the only, only real option out of this offense. I probably agree. I mean, unless you got some Adrian Peterson and you're just desperate at tailback. You know, or or you're desperate at tight end with maybe Vernon Davis, um, but it's a tough matchup against the Bears. Any other matchup, I think you're probably a little happier. But this is this is going to be a tough game versus the um, versus the Bears defense. I would agree. Yeah, I think I think I'm with you on that one. Yeah. So, all right, guys, well, that's all we got time for this evening. We appreciate you guys listening in to What's Your Fantasy Football Podcast. You've been listening to Josh Anderson and Justin Reidner. Uh, make sure you guys tune back in here in a couple days. We expect to get back to you guys with some more um, some more fantasy analysis. Uh, we're going to get some injury updates, um, talk about some more players, like more specifically. What's your fantasy? Fantasy rankings, fantasy projections, fantasy news, fantasy advice, all for your fantasy team. Fantasy Football Podcast. This fantasy football podcast is recorded and produced by your fantasy expert, Josh Anderson. What's your fantasy 